Welcome back to AeroPro Coaching. This is Roy, um, podcast number five of Clipping In. And uh, going to touch base on a, um, uh, I think it's a topic that's near and dear to many cyclist hearts. So it's safety on the roads and awareness. Um, here, I, I live in Tampa, Florida. We live in the most dangerous, uh, one of the most dangerous places to ride your bike uh, in America. And uh, that in itself is kind of sad because we live uh, in a place where we should be able to ride all the time and uh, and free of some fear. I mean, we're always fearful, right? Like if I'm in my car, which most of us are in our car majority of the time, especially in, in Florida because our, our transportation system sucks. But um, if we're in our car, we, we're more likely to be involved in an accident um, and then we are on our bikes. But when we're on our bikes, we're very fearful. fearful. And the thing that I'm seeing quite a bit... Um, through coming through my doors um, on social media and uh, other forums is that I this is why I gave up cycling or I'm riding on a trainer only or I'm, I'm going in a spin class and, and, and in a room um, with people which again all of those are fine but you know riding a bike outside we've done that most of us since we were kids and then we continue to do this as adults because we want to either race or fitness or we do it for charities I mean Think about this for a fucking minute. There was a charity ride. People were riding for a charity. They were riding to collect money for a cause. And I don't remember the cause, but a lot of times it's cancer or, or ALS or, or something like that is um, for the greater good of society. And some dude in a truck took his time on a rural road. Like there's hard, there was no other traffic around. Took his time to stop and yell and scream at the cyclist. Like, for no reason other than just pure, like, hate. Like, like if, if there's any other hate crime, if there's a pure definition of a hate crime, that's probably it right there because these people are out there on their free time uh, to collect, a, uh, to raise awareness for some kind of a disease, and then some dude in a truck decides for no reason at all to start yelling at him and, and berating him because he's riding his bike. All he's doing is riding a bike. Anyway, so... I'm seeing this sentiment out there that, hey, let's let's retreat to our homes. Let's retreat um, to uh, trainers. And so I'm just going to start with my personal experience, and I have two of them. Um, and uh, I think that this may be, for those who, who follow me, who follow me on, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, anytime something comes up about cyclists and cars and so forth I'm pretty passionate about that and this is probably the reason why so when I was younger um, about 13 years old um, my uh, younger brother uh, was struck and killed um, by riding his bike which is ironic in itself because I'm a cycling coach so um, that's a weird path to be to take especially when you see your brother uh, pass away um, at, from getting hit by a car uh, riding his bike so for Christmas we got bikes um, and we lived you know this is a long time ago so you know you have to envision man that's a long time ago uh, so you have to envision like 23 four years ago um, man it's even longer than that so it's been a long time and kids would just ride their bikes all day long you know outside playing um, a little different than t today's times and so we got bikes for Christmas and my brother um, I have uh, three brothers and uh, the two of them had taken off on their bike I was 
probably sleeping in, um, whatever. And um, minutes later, my one brother came back and said uh, that my brother Brian had been hit by a car. And so, you 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 know, I'm not going to give go into too much detail on that. Other than that, like when you see a loved one on the on the ground like when you see a loved one who been who's been struck by a car or or when they pass and they die uh, and you see how that affects your family how you it affects the loved ones like my brother had, has never gotten over that like he missed a year of school he had to see seek treatment so not only did i lose a brother i lost my other brother in in this accident and uh, and then my parents had lost their child like no parent should ever fucking bury their child and this is all for one reason. It's because of an inattentive driver. They were driving down a road and they were not paying attention. They were not driving cautiously. Like we're in a car. Like we have the ability to drive in a cautious manner. We have a radio, we have AC, we have 15 airbags, we have a five point harness. Like we have all these things and, and there's no place that we have to be that is more important than someone's life. So like when we get behind the wheel, I think sometimes we don't understand the power that we have. Like we have the power to take other people's lives. Um, and so like we, we're all, I'm not gonna get into the politics of guns, but we all get up in arms about guns and people being armed. But every day we get into one of the most dangerous instruments on the planet. Like more people die from automobile accidents than anything else, everything. Like automobiles. Now, granted, there's a lot of them and we are in them. But all that means is we should use more care. And so this person on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day, decides that they just don't want to drive attentively. And they hit my brother, continued. They didn't break. They continued down the road. And until some people saw them, they decided to turn back. At the end of the day, it was an inattentive driver that took the life of a young uh, a young. Uh, my brother. I mean, he was 11 years old. Imagine taking the life of an 11-year-old. Just that alone should make you want to drive safer around people. And it doesn't matter if they're 11 or 50. Because as a 50-year-old, okay, I'm 45. As a 45-year-old, one, it's my job, so I have to be on the road. I can't retreat to the indoors because what I do every day is cycling. Number two, I have an 18-month-old home. I have a 19-year-old. Right? So I have kids. I have kids. So like if I die, then my kids don't have a father anymore. So my brother passes away because someone chose they did where they had to go on Christmas Day was more important than his Christmas and all of the Christmases after that. Because now when that holiday comes around, it's not a good holiday for our family. Like, this is a time when people should be, like, happy and cheerful. And, like, I get in a bad mood and, and um, I have issues during this time. And people are like, what's going on? And, like, my brother died on this day. Like, that doesn't go away. <laughs> like, um, and, it, and so that's my story or one of them. And why sometimes, obviously, I get passionate about um, awareness. I, I, and I'm not saying automobile uh, drivers have... Um, you know, like I'm coming down on them. I drive a car. <laughs> I drive, I'm an automobile driver. So, and, but I'm just, and I'm not saying cyclists of all do the right thing. But when we're driving down the road 
and a person runs a red light or is driving erratically, weaving in and out of traffic, right? They're speeding down. You know this guy they're, or, or woman. They're speeding down the road. They're wave, weaving in and out of traffic. We come to a red light. You pull up beside them because you were driving the speed limit. And you look over at them. Do you roll down the window and shoot them in the fucking head? You don't, right? You don't. You don't roll down the window and shoot them in the fucking head. You know why? You just shake your head. You might just shake your head and like, good good move, good move. Well, when a cyclist does something stupid, right? When they blow a red light or, or weave in and out of traffic or maybe they're in your lane that apparently you own and you run them over, that's okay. But it's not okay for me to shoot you in the head because you just, I mean, like, think about that reasoning for a minute. We all do things that are um, illegal, okay? We all speed a little bit. We all make that illegal proper, improper change of lanes. But do we deserve to die because of that? Do we deserve to die because I made a left turn? No, it doesn't. It means, like, when you're driving down the road, in my car, I know people are going to do things that are illegal. And so I drive cautiously. Like when you go through an intersection, you're supposed to proceed with caution. Just because it's green doesn't mean you ride the speed limit through it. You should actually reduce your speed and enter the intersection assuming someone is going to not obey the law. So I don't under, I, it's hard to understand the mentality of some motorist out there that think that because we break a rule that we deserve to die. Do we deserve to get a ticket? Sure. Take it away. But it, but here's the thing. When you are in an automobile, when you fire up that engine, okay? Well, let's just take it back further than that. When you go and take your test, you sit there and you take your test, you do an eye test, and you do the driving test, and then you get that license in your hand at the age of 15, 16 years old, you earn the privilege of being able to drive a car in the United States. That's a privilege. It's not your right. It's a privilege. That privilege gets taken away if you break some rules, right? So when you get on the road, you have a great responsibility. You are behind a two-ton-plus vehicle that could kill someone, that could end someone's life, that can change people's lives like mine. My life's been changed forever. And I, we live with that every day. Like, how do you think about looking at your mother? Okay. However old you are, right? 40 years old, 20 years old, 55 years old. When you go to Christmas, look at your mother and their son died because a motorist hit them. Think about that for a minute. But all you have to do is exercise some caring because we all care. Like I see very few people who don't care in society. Like unless you're just a really bad person, you know, and you hate yourself in your life. Most people care about other people. Like, if you go to the convenience store, I, and this is something I do, mm, it's kind of weird, but I do it. Or when I go shopping, I, I watch people. Like, do they hold the door? And a lot of people hold the door for you. They hold the door. They say thank you. They say, hey. Um, even the guy that looks, or the girl who looks pissed off at the world, if you say, hey, how's it going? And they, they'll say, hey, how are you? Or, you know, have a good day. Or, or you hold the door for them. Or if you're in line, most people will let you go first. Like they're just, that's just a common courtesy. 
when we're at the supermarket and we almost plow into someone with our uh, with our cart, we always go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, there's a lot of that going on, right? Like, all in all, people are very courtesy or, or, or um, are caring. So people are very caring. Um, anytime there's an issue, like a hurricane wipes out a whole entire city, we want to help. So people are naturally caring, but for some reason we get behind the wheel of a car and that stops. That's just, I don't understand that. Like, it's something there that, yeah, we're all in a hurry. And somebody told me this one time as an athlete of mine, really good dude. His name's Pat. And Pat said to me that he used to stand in line and get mad, get frustrated, get so pissed at the person in front of them. And I was, and he's, and he realized that the reason he's doing that is because he felt that his time was more important than someone else's. And I think that's probably one of the biggest roots of the issue. Like, I, I think that we get in the car and we think our time is more important. Like, we have to be somewhere. We're more important. Get out of my way. Um, you know, we're always in a rush. I can tell you this, like, there is no job on the planet. There's no job on the planet that's worth taking someone's life. I get it. You're on your way to work in the morning, and we're not happy with the job that we have, or our boss is riding our ass because we've been five minutes late every day. I get it. But I can tell you it's definitely not worth taking someone's life. I mean, you have to be a really bad person if you don't feel bad for killing someone. So I used to do insurance stuff. Um, I did insurance stuff for a long time, and uh, in that insurance work, I would always, uh, at, people would, you know, I've been involved in uh, car crashes, and people are hitting each other and all that, and a lot of times I would get to cyclist once, because I was a cyclist, and I would ask the people, because I said, hey, you know, you hit the cyclist, um, you know, what do, what do you, you know, we do a recorded statement or a statement with them, and I said, you hit the cyclist, and they, and I, you, know, you know, I'd ask them what happened, they always say, well, they don't belong there. And so then, obviously, I got to be careful because this is a recorded statement. This is we're their insurance company. And I asked them, I go, well, what, what makes you believe that they don't belong there? And they're like, well, because they're on a bike. And they go, okay. I go, but other than them being on a bike, is there any other reason why you believe they don't belong there? And they're like, well, they're in my way and they shouldn't be blocking traffic. And, I'm, and so then I question them even more. I asked them, I'm like, okay, well, is there two lanes each way or one lane each way? And they're like, there's one lane. I'm like, okay. Is there a bike lane? No, there's not. And I'm like, okay. So then I asked them, I go, so you believe, you feel that they don't have the right to be there? And she's like, yeah, no, I don't, or he, I don't believe they have the right to be there and, and they're in my way. And I'm like, okay. And this is after they plowed into them. Okay, so they were driving down the road. They said, I, wa I was not on a cell phone. I was not on this, blah, blah, blah. I was driving the speed limit because everyone drives the speed limit, right? And, but somehow, it was a clear day too. I said, hey, how was the weather? Clear day. Sun in your eyes? No sun in your eyes. Um, can you see properly? Do you all these questions that we ask as a, as an insurance adjuster? And then, um, so they just hit them. They just, you know, this is one case that they, they just ran, basically ran them over. And, um, and it was a very serious injury. So I, I stopped the recording and I said, um, and I said, Mrs. Smith, I said, uh, we're going to go ahead and tender your policy limits because the, the cyclist was, was injured very badly in this accident. And what that means is they had, uh, I think they had about 50000 or $100,000, and we are going to give them all this money. And she got irate with me. She goes, I am not a fault. They don't belong on the roads. 
blah, blah, blah. And I said, Mrs. Smith, you're exactly wrong. Like, you're 100% wrong. They are entitled to the roads as if they were an automobile. The statutes in your state specifically state that mo uh, cyclists are entitled to the lane. If there's no other lane for them to go into, they're entitled to that lane, and you would need to treat them as if they were an automobile. And if it was an automobile and you ran them over or you rear-ended the automobile, you would be at fault. So I said, Miss Smith, you're at fault. And she continued on and on and on. And I said, Miss Smith, we're your insurance company. We're going to do what's in your best interest. Because if we don't, you're going to get sued. You're going to get sued anyway, right? Like this person was had hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical bills. And we're just giving them a drop in the bucket. So at the end of the day, they can sue you for above your policy limits. That means they can go after your home. That means they can garnish your wages. That means they can, um, any assets you have, anything, they can attach a lien to that. And then you would owe that to them. And she's like, well, that's not fair. I go, ma'am, you ran over someone. You ran over someone. So like, that's kind of where we're at. Now, on the flip side, I had a uh, another one, another case where uh, a cyclist, he was actually just a, not a cyclist per se, he was just riding his bike, just a bike rider. And the bike rider uh, and the person was in a commercial vehicle. They were driving down the road. Um, we did the recorded statement. Our person was the, the, the um, commercial vehicle driver. They were driving down the road at a high rate of speed. Um, and they, uh, I asked them, I go, how, how, what was the speed limit? They said 45. I said, how fast were you going? He said 50. And I said, what, what time of day it was? He said it was nighttime. He had his lights on. And he said that there was a cyclist that appeared out of nowhere. And the cyclist had run into uh, the back wheel of his car or the side of his car. He said the back wheel, I believe, of his car. And then that, that cyclist had died uh, in this incident. And I said, well... Did you see the cyclist at any point in time? And he's like, no, I did not. I said, uh, did you see any lights? Did the cyclist have lights on or anything like that? He said, no, I did not. And then um, I, I, I said, uh, you know, was it two lanes, all that? So I went through the whole thing. And then when it was all over, okay, when it was all over, we actually sent out and had a scene investigation. Like we send people out who are professionals, who are engineers. Um, because a lot of times people will take the police report but the police report is not really a p entered into evidence in a, in, a, in a civil case, like because the officer didn't um, the officer did not see the accident. He's just um, putting things in place, taking statements, and so yeah, are the statements, are the scene photos, things like that? Yes, those are entered or could be used. But the actual hey, I gave this guy a ticket doesn't really doesn't ha really have much merit. I'm gonna say it has any merit, but very little. They can argue it, but it's not. It's not going to be entered. But what it does enter it is when we do go out there and we take that report and we do a scene investigation, we pay someone who is uh, who has multiple years of experience, who is an engineer in this, and they reconstruct it. Well, we found out that the driver of the vehicle was in excess of the speed limit by about 20 miles an hour um, versus the five that he stated. And that the uh, cyclist was uh, didn't have uh, lights on, uh, didn't have a helmet on. But because the person was, fair or not fair, okay, because the person was a commercial driver, they were a professional driver, they were driving at night in excess of the speed limit, they were fined partially at fault for this incident. And we ended up having to pay probably about a million dollars on this claim. I believe they had about a million. Maybe a little less, 750 something like that. But anyway, the, the, the point of this is that when you are in a vehicle, right, a commercial vehicle, 
or a vehicle itself. So like when you're in a vehicle, you have a greater duty of care. That means a cyclist do not have licenses. Okay, now we can change that. That's something if society wants to change, they can. But at this moment, the law states that cyclists don't have to have a license. So once you breach that, I have to have a license and I'm in a registered vehicle and it can cause great damage and it's a dangerous instrument, we have a greater duty. That means we have to travel in a safe manner. We have to look ahead. You know, I should be looking up, you know, I should be able to see probably like 50 yards ahead of me. So if I'm looking 50 yards ahead of me, how would I ever run into somebody? Because I should be aware, right? The thing is, we're not. We don't look 50 yards ahead of us, okay? Or we can't see 50 yards ahead of us. Um, Or we're driving the speed limit because it says it's 50, but it's dark out and, and foggy. You know, that's actually, you're driving recklessly, okay? You're driving in a way that could potentially cause harm to others. And you should reduce your speed just because that is the limit of speed. So if I'm driving 40 in this same area, in the same scenario with a cycle, I potentially could have seen this person and and took evasive action. And that's what our accident reconstructionist came, that was the biggest thing for us is that accident reconstructionist said that if we were able to, uh, if we were driving at a, at a reduced speed, we the accident probably could have been avoided. So that's key, right? Because if we go to trial on this, that information and that expert is going to be, um, it's going to provide that information to a jury, jury of six people. And then they're going to rule on this. And so in this case here, we, we ended up paying and the gentleman was irate about it. And I said, hey, man, it's very simple. You're a commercial driver. You do this for a living. You're a professional. This is what you do 24 hours a day, 24-7, whatever. You know, you're always, your job is your job. This is what you do. So as a professional, you have to drive much safer than just a regular automobile driver. And then from there, you owe an even greater duty to someone who's on a bike or a pedestrian. So with that is like we have with great responsibility uh, or with um, what is this saying go with uh, with great power comes great responsibility. And and that's it. Like and then my last thing is like I see people arguing back and forth and they don't have the facts. Like I see people blaming other people and this, that, and the other thing. And, and yeah, I'm always going to be on the side of the cyclist. If a cyclist, it doesn't have lights on and they pull into an intersection, they get hit. Yeah. I'm going to feel bad for them because I'm just a normal, you know, caring person. Do I feel that the, the motorist hasn't any negligence in this? Probably not. Probably not. But the thing is, is this is as motorists, if we're riding down the road and we see someone pulling into an intersection and they're in a car, even if they're in a car and they blow the red light or if they're in a, especially if they're on a bicycle, we need to reduce our speed and try to avoid that drive, you know, just because we have the green light, just because it says we can go 50, just because, you know, we don't have to yield doesn't mean we don't just like I don't have to hold the door open for the old lady or the young man or the the, the mom with the kid, I don't have to hold the door or the dude in the wheelchair. I don't have to hold the door, right? I don't, there's no rule, but I hold the door because it's common courtesy. And that common courtesy should carry over when you're in a car. Yeah, we don't have to yield, right? But we should. 
we don't have to break at an intersection. Like we have the green light. We have to, you know, proceed with caution. But if somebody pulls out, yeah, we should do all we can to avoid hitting them. We should continue on just because we're right. Sometimes being right is not a good thing. If it's right at the sake of someone's life, is that a good thing? And for cyclists, I'll close on this. For cyclists out there, we shouldn't retreat to the to the indoors. We shouldn't retreat to spin classes. We shouldn't retreat to selling our bikes. You know, like, that is that is just absurd to me. We're in a free country. We should be able to use these roads freely. We don't own them, and neither do they. We all own the roads together. We're, there are roads. We should be able to ride them in safety. We should be able to ride them... Um, you know, freely, we should be able to ride them without being harassed. We should be able to ride them without trucks and cars um, trying to hit us. I mean, get in their face. That means be nice and record it. If they start harassing you, record that and record the tag and get out of the location. Then report that to the police. If we report it over and over and over again, eventually something will happen. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. We have to report it. And we can get video cameras and put them all over our bikes these days. Record it. People are recording shit on their iPhones of cops and other people doing things. Record this person getting out of their car. Record this person yelling at you. Record their tag and report it. Two clicks of a button, you can record it and and report it. So record it and report it. And that's how you don't be a punk. Wave, right? But don't retreat. Don't sell your bike. Don't sell your bike. Figure a way to make it work. You know, if you're out there working out and you don't get it done and something and you can't, you know, progress and you know you're failing, do you give up? No, you don't. And the same thing for these roadways. It's it, it will get worse if we don't do anything. It will get worse. And there'll be more stories like me and my brother who passed away, who didn't get to live. He, you know, it's a little different story, but and then there's these people who you know who are 50 years old who their kids aren't going to have a father or a mother so think next time when you're on the road set the example and don't don't run and hide you know be that leader in your group lead a group like i'm going to lead a group this week in an area that we know their cyclists are not welcome and but we're going to lead it and we're going to lead by example Lead by example. Get out there and lead by example. You know, some of these critical mass things and think, uh, riding uh, their bikes, they, I, I think it's great. But sometimes that's not leading by example because they're riding all over the streets. Like they're not obeying the laws. You know, that we can't, we can't go at this with breaking laws. We can't, they're breaking the law, we'll break the law. No, you can't do that. Can't do that. It's not going to work. But I can tell you this, you can stand your ground. That's right. You can stand your ground. If somebody is going to sit there and they're going to harass you in the in the vehicle, videotape it. Videotape it. And then report that to the authorities over and over again. Because that's harassment. It's harassment. And sometimes that's assault. And sometimes they're breaking the law quite often. Again, that car is a dangerous instrument. So when they swerve to hit you, it's just like pulling out a gun and threatening you with a gun. All right, guys, you know, this one's just something because I see all these people getting hit by cars. I see all the social media and I see all these these individuals coming down on cyclists. But at the end of the day, right or wrong, okay, right or wrong, we're all here 
and we just practice a little bit of kindness. That's all we need. We practice kindness all day in other areas. Um, I think if we practice kindness here um, on both sides, then everything uh, changes. Like we have to change something. And if something doesn't change, it's going to just continue on in the same direction it's going. Because it's getting worse before it's getting better right now. And here's the last thing I'll part with is it's possible. It's possible. And you're like, what does that mean, coach? Well, what that means is it's possible to have safer roads because there are 20, 30 cities that are the safest cities. So if there are 20, 30 other cities that are safe, that means all cities can be safe, right? I mean, that's pretty basic logic. So I don't think that the blame should be placed on one group category or the other. But I do believe that it, we, we can make a difference. We can change. We can get out there and ride our bikes, get out there and practice awareness, get out there and, and wave, get out there and be friendly, get out there and continue the charity work that we do, get out there and stay fit, get out there and enjoy, uh, enjoy the ride. And that's all I have for you from Aero Pro Coaching. Up your watts.